stuff's the best stuff. Even if it's just a little more, always do a little more than it's expected of you. Origins part two. <clears throat> I've said it before and it and it 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 bears saying again. Uh, if I had any, if I have any remaining family member that ever listened to these podcasts, uh, I don't know if they would want to scold me or yell at me or just be unhappy with me. Uh, and, and as I said, I don't have some gigantic listenership where this is some crazy expose. Uh, this is just a stream of consciousness, a person that's talking about his life, his parents, his upbringing, the way that that shaped me, the way that it shaped my brother, and it's just, it's food for thought. I love my mother, I love my father, I I miss them. I've said that dozens of times before on previous episodes. Um, I have a dark sense of humor which is one of my coping mechanisms for, for loss for the people that I miss that are, that are no longer here. Uh, when I stopped, <clears throat> excuse me, when I stopped on part one, we kind of given a brief rundown of Doc and Diane and in myself and in my upbringing and what brought me uh, along the way. I don't, I don't think I want to get into a deep dive on, on all the issues that my parents had because of what I said here at the very beginning a minute ago. I don't want anyone to ever think that I'm trying to dishonor their memory by discussing in detail who they were, uh, the things they got right, their mistakes, everything in between. That's the, that's the least of my desires. That's not something that I, I want to do. It comes down to this. My mother had an issue with prescription pills, and my father had an issue with alcohol. I don't think my father had a gigantic support system because he never related to my mother's family. That goes back to the skepticism, the cynicism, the... The loner mentality, always being cynical about people, uh, not being super trusting. And then I'm sure my mother was just sad all the time because my father's temper was just freaking bombastic, man. And so there's, there's no point in trying to flesh this out for 20 minutes. My father had a hell of a temper. He got angry all the time. I never saw him lay a hand on my mother, but he got pissed off and he threw furniture. Uh, These arguments, this conflict never got resolved. It was there for decades. And that's why I've said before in previous episodes, parents that talk about staying together for the kids, uh, for the kids, no, 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 no. If you think that you're in a situation where you and your wife that are struggling can get serious counseling or or therapy or some type of help and repair internally the things that are that are wrong and you can fix your relationship then that's great 
Go put the work and the time in and do that. But a lot of people, by the time they get to the breaking point, have so many things about their personality that the other person resents that's not going to change. And, all, and, and not only is it not going to change, it may be a part of your personality that you amp up just because you know it's going to piss the other person off. And you've gotten to a point of resentment to where you're trying to do that intentionally. And that, that's the dark reality of marriage and serious relationships. Because when they fall apart, you go from this place of love and companionship and identifying the other individual as your person, that's your partner, and then it turns into emotional warfare. <laughs> My parents never fixed what was wrong between the two of them. And the only thing that I would say is that my, my mother really compromised her physical and her mental health in the last years of her life. All of the pharmaceutical abuse came home to roost. I didn't mean to make that rhyme. And my father was a caretaker for her the last few years that she was alive. Which even though it was so extremely sad because of the physical state that my mother was in, it was, it was also darkly ironic, but almost sweet that my father let the temper go because he did let his temper go. The last five or six years that my, my mother was alive, he just took care of her, <laughs> paid the bills, fed her. And they were together whenever she passed away. You listen to these sad country songs and, and some of the some of the classics like Chris Christopherson and, and Johnny Cash and Willie Nelson and Merle Haggard, Charlie Daniels, Waylon Jennings, George Jones. There's some really sad songs out there. And I think it's Brad Paisley and Allison Cross that sang Whiskey Lullaby. Some of that stuff reminds me of my parents. And I, I try not to focus on that too much because that's, that's a dark corridor to go down. You don't want to fixate on that because that, it, that's a heavy concept to try to process inside your brain. I wish they could have fixed so many things. I wish they could have been more compatible. I wish they could have been happy together. And there were, there were points in time where they were happy together. But... All of that was a case study in working on yourself, not being stubborn-headed, not just acquiescing to these bad things in your life that you could improve upon. <sighs> my, my brother and I are still to this day... <clears throat> pretty non-confrontational individuals because when you're around someone like my father that had this bombastic temper you're just trying to get out of the line of fire you're trying to get out of the way of the shrapnel and he never laid a hand on, on us and, and like I said he was never physically violent 
He was just angry sometimes. There was always something brooding underneath the surface. Because I'm sure someone that, that's without, that is literally without almost any family by the time you're 17 years old, that that is going to brand on your soul and your DNA some dysfunctional situations that you deal with for the rest of your life. I know that my father believed in a higher power. He believed in the God of the Bible. He believed in, in Jesus and uh, that's not important one way or the other for any person that ever listens to this. But conceptually, there was a there was a hierarchy and a pecking order in the way that, that he thought about life in, in general. But he was also just, just angry sometimes. And it was a constant thing. And he could really chill out the last couple of years after my mother passed away when my brother and I would visit with him and spend time with him and we would go out to one of his favorite bars and have some beers and, and just sit there and talk and socialize. That was a different version of my dad. And that was, that was nice to see. It was nice to be around that. But the other parts that I remember, I just... I just remember this intensity underneath the surface. And I, I wish so very much that my father could have found something to give his soul peace during that time frame. I wish my mother and my father both could have been in a relationship that was much more compatible. I, I wish that they could have gotten help with their issues. I wish that they could have been with a counselor that could have helped them understand how to communicate each other and how communicate with each other and, and how to support each other. And, But again, I've been divorced once in my life already. I've let a lot of this dysfunction follow me around in my life, stay inside my head, stay inside my soul sometimes. I've made some very stupid decisions. I've been an awful human being before. I have not been a good, good actor, a good faith player in relationships and in friendships in my lifetime. So, by no stretch of the imagination, as I always say, am I perfect or sinless or faultless or any of those things? No, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not. I've been an awful person before. And there will be points in time in my life going forward where I continue to make stupid mistakes and I continue to not be the person that I want to be. But my brother and I have that relationship between my mother and my father seared into our brains. And it will be there forever. And that is a good thing. Even if there are parts of our life like being non-confrontational that you have to work on. Because sometimes you have to have an argument. You have to have a disagreement with people to really try to work things out. Sometimes things get physical. Sometimes there's male ego involved at the workplace. And the only way to, to troubleshoot and to problem solve, I'm not saying to punch each other in the mouth and then become friends afterwards, but sometimes confrontation is needed uh, for conflict resolution. And so that, that is a part of it that my brother and I always struggle with. 
because we're just trying to get away from the yelling, the screaming, the fighting, the, the arguments that people have. Whatever your origin story is, if you if you take a moment, even if it's over a weekend or if it's if it's on an off day from work, if you have 35 minutes or an hour to yourself to kind of lose yourself in some meditation and lose yourself in some thought. It's a very interesting road to travel to think about everything that, that's taken place in your life to make you who you are and bring you to whatever point you are in your life. Some good, some bad. But it's a lot regardless. <clears throat> I don't know how my brother would, uh, would feel about me saying this. But it's the truth. I left Louisiana when I was 27, 28 years old, 26, 27, I can't remember, 26, 27, somewhere in there, because I didn't want to stay in northwestern Louisiana and watch my mother and my father waste away and die, and I didn't want to be trapped in that area for the rest of my life. Some people are small town uh, residents, and they, they might go to college, or they might just get a job, and they live in that small town for their entire life, and they're content with that, and they, and they die there. They raise their family there, and then at some point in time, they die there. There's nothing wrong with any of that. I'm not looking down on that or passing judgment on that or saying anything negative about that life decision. But after I had spent a couple of decades around my parents and that constant dysfunction knowing that this relationship was never going to be severed, that it was only going to continue to play out the way that it did, I, I, I told myself, I've got, to, I've got to get the hell out of here. And that's what I did. I went from DeSoto Parish and the Shreveport area to Washington, D.C., and it's been one hell of a ride ever since then, folks. I never thought that I would live in as many places as I've lived. I think the last time I was looking at one of my credit reports, I had somewhere in the vicinity of like 28 to 30 different residential addresses. I mean, I've been a freaking gypsy in a way that I never thought that I would be. And you don't realize that at the time when you're having all these experiences, and even when I was in the process of my my first marriage dissolving and falling apart with Lindsay there's a part of that that's so freaking heartbreaking and unsettling in your world because your world is is literally crumbling around you you don't realize that you're actually doing work and you're growing as a person and if you can take a deep breath years down the road and look back at these situations you're going to gain perspective and you're going to gain experience from this that's invaluable if you let it shape you in a positive way. If you allow it to give you a frame of reference by which you can try to operate going forward in your life and not make those same mistakes. Not be that same awful person. And maybe, maybe awful's not the word. Maybe I wasn't an awful person. I was just a person that was hurting and I was lost, 
and I had no direction and that, that negative tailspin that I watched my mother and my father be a part of uh, for years and years and years, sometimes we all get trapped in that cycle. It's, it's almost impossible to avoid. But in 2022, looking back on all this at the age of 42, I, I'm, I'm, I'm thankful that uh, almost all of these things happened. Now, I, I wish my mother and my father and my aunt and my grandparents were still here to, to share to share Emerson with Victoria and myself and the world and to, to all move up here and live near us in, in East Tennessee and, and start our own little Whitley community up here. But that's, that's never going to be. That's all right. I think that having my brother near me and working at the same company is, uh, it's a peace of mind that I never thought that I would have with any type of family dynamic. And I'm, I'm so extremely thankful for that because I get to see my brother five days a week at least. And then if we hang out any on the weekend, it's even more so. My, my aunt from East Texas visited us several months ago to spend some time with Emerson, and she really enjoyed that. <clears throat> my brother and I spent many years in chaos with our immediate family growing up. But the circle of life has many stages, and we are at a point now that's very good and I, I'm almost the type of person to where I don't want to sit here and say that out loud because then you expect something awful to happen and that's that, that that's no way to live man that's no way to live if you believe in God do you believe in superstition I, I don't know I don't know Your life is your life. You make decisions. You try to work hard. You try to commit to things. You try to commit to the people that you love. And you, you, you try to press forward each day. And I know some of these things that I say sound like I'm a former military and I'm trying to be a motivational speaker. They're, they're, they're not intended to be that. It, it's just the way that I'm really and truly trying to live my, my life. You have to trim the fat. You have to cut away all the BS. And you, you have to get down to the bones of the structure that you're looking at, that you're trying to repair. You've got to strip it down to the subfloor, down to the studs, and you've got to address the problem. There's a lot of things from my relationship with my parents that are probably branded on my soul and my DNA and my very existence and I, I've got to be cognizant of that every day I've got to be thoughtful, I've got to be smart in my decisions because for all the good that they left me with, they left me with some bad too and, and we, we all do that I, I will, I'll do that to Emerson I won't mean to but there's going to be some insecurity or some personality dysfunction or something that I that I have that's a problem that I'm not a big enough man to deal with and address that's going to have a negative impact on her. That is, that's the exchange rate between all parents and all children. 
there, there is no perfection. That is not a concept that is, that is attainable. We are not perfect people. We don't make perfect decisions. And we don't interact with each other perfectly. There's not ever a world where there's no conflict and there's no arguments and there's no fights and there's no hurt feelings. We all know that. We all understand that. But having said all of this stuff, talked about all of this stuff with my parents and, and their issues and, and the way that my brother and I viewed that, and, and I get the impression sometimes, really and truly, goosebumps talking about it now, that my mother and my father are watching over us, almost like guardian angels. And I think they're excited to see Emerson I think they're excited to see how far my brother has come in such a short period of time. All miracles, man. All miracles. Because I had to get the hell out of that situation and I moved to D.C. My brother stayed there and was company and companionship for my parents. He was there when they both passed away. In that trailer. He found both of them. And that set him back. <clears throat> it didn't set him back in a way that he wasn't able to overcome it. <clears throat> but it... <clears throat> Man, I've got a frog in my throat. It did stun his growth and his, his ability to get out of that mind, that negative mindset. But that's all gone now. My brother's kicking butt and taking names. He's in great physical shape. He's doing great at work. He had LASIK recently. He's got the coolest tattoos I've ever seen with his DC comic characters on both arms. He's just in the best place that I've ever seen him in his life before. And it makes me, it makes me so happy. It makes me so... It makes me so thankful that, that, that God is there for us in our lives. I can't speak for anyone else. And I know that I bring this up and I, I realize that religion and spirituality and the existence of a higher power is going to be a sticking point for a lot of people that you're never able to get past. Some people are angry at whatever concept of, of what they think God is. Some people are angry and bitter and they're never able to get past the bad things that take place in their life. I, I understand that. I, I lived that life. I lived that mentality for, for many years. And I wondered why my life was such chaos. And I thought to myself, if there, if there is a God, he does not care about me. If there is a God, he is a cynical, spiteful, manipulative entity. <clears throat> I don't feel that way now. And I hope that I never feel that way again. But watching my brother's evolution over the last three years, it's been good for my soul, man. Your family is your family. Good or bad, it's the only family that you have. And that may sound like a ridiculously obvious statement to make, which it is. 
but we also live in a world where people take things for granted so much. They take jobs for granted. They take finances for granted. They take community and neighborhood for granted. They take family and loved ones for granted. And I don't, I don't ever want to live in a life where I take people for granted again. My brother's evolution and my brother's progress in his life and the place that he, he's in now and the way that he lives his life, that is, it is the greatest honor for the memory of my parents and my Aunt Patrice and our grandmother and our family that's no longer with us. I miss Doc and Diane and I, I wish they were here in the flesh to hang out with their granddaughter. The same for those other family members mentioned. I wish they were all here to come hang out with us in the beautiful mountains of East Tennessee and see where where life has led us. <clears throat> I said on the first episode of this Origins Part 1 that I would try to make this serialized and draw it out. I, I'm, I'm not going to draw it out. There's no point in that. Because it, none of this is designed to be an expose. This, this isn't some bombshell news story that's breaking news that's going to go viral. This has been the breakdown of my upbringing, my, some things about my parents, and then involving my brother at the tail end. This was the story of the Whitleys. And that story plays out each and every day until we pass away from this earth and this physical plane I'm just I'm so glad to be here I'm thankful for my life I hope that I treat people with integrity and respect and kindness and I know that sometimes I don't but at the core of who I am all of the lessons with my mother and my father and my brother and every part of being a Whitley and our little clan All of those lessons play out each and every day. And they're there. And they always will be. For good or for bad. So. Take stock of your story. And your clan and where you come from. And learn lessons. And try to do the best you can. That's all you can do. Thank you folks for hanging out as always on this crazy journey. I hope you have a good rest of your day.